Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Cajun. Welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you into our gaming systems and ride the hype train into the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Silver. How's it going, Silver? Oh, pretty good. All right, Damien, what are you doing there? Tugging on your facial hair? <laughs> God, yeah. Yeah, that's a habit. That is a habit. That's not facial hair. <laughs> yeah. I have the same habit. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I've been working We've on it. it. We've created no shame, a, November uh... started. Oh, no. November is starting here. It's, I'm only three days in, but you, have, you, won't really, you can't notice it yet. And obviously anybody listening can't. Definitely not notice. But uh, yeah, three days into my handlebar mustache. That's going to be gnarly. If That's they awesome. can see it, I'm insanely impressed. So, <laughs> I had a Tom Selleck going, and then my wife just totally shut it down. Oh, oh yeah, it was, it, it was like it was full on. Yeah, this is my wife's most hated month of the year for my face. <laughs> she hates. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> December first is her favorite day. I think you get right? to shave it off. Yeah, we're only three days. All right. Out. Uh, no errors and omissions, no guests this week, so let's get right into Game On itself. Um, first up, I'm just going to kind of take into basically the main game I've been playing, Destiny 2, um, which the big news for it is sales numbers were just released in PD, and not only was Destiny 2 uh, the biggest selling game in September, October, but it was also the biggest selling game of the year. That's expectations. I would assume that that would be it. I mean, the Destiny crowd was kind of feverish for it to begin with. And also, yeah. there was nothing really out in that period of time. And now Mario Odyssey. Now, yeah. there's something interesting, though. If you're on the Xbox front, the most played game for the month of September was actually Fortnite Battle Royale. But that's also, again, because it's a free, free-to-play title. Mm-hmm. That and now, the fact that... No, go ahead. Do you think that the uh, most uh, the the highest sells for the year? Do you think that that's going to be beat out by uh, Mario? Um, well, Zelda's had the whole year, and Zelda's still number five for the year with the entire year of sales behind it, with all the the pub behind it. So yeah, it's possible. But what I think Destiny has is Destiny has three consoles: Xbox, yep. mm. PlayStation, and PC. Uh, Mario is locked into one, so I don't think there's any way it surpasses it. Um, just because I don't, I don't even think, and I don't know the numbers, but I doubt that Switch has sold as many systems as Destiny has sold games at this point. Switch uh, is at seven, June. seven, seven million, seven million total sold. Only two and a half million in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, it's sold um, in six months half of what the Wii U sold in its lifetime. Mm-hmm. The attach rate is 4.7 on, on Legend of Zelda and 2 million on, on Odyssey. So, I mean, if you're doing 4.7 on uh, a sold of a $7 million or 7 million copies, you know, of the Switch itself, that's a high, you're talking high 80s on attach rate. That's, that's, you're not doing too shabby. All right. Especially with Christmas coming. That and the fact that, uh, that yeah, that 7 million, there wasn't, there wasn't hardly any out either. I mean, people, you were, people were feverish to try to get one. And oh, yeah, with no were. holidays. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. Christmas coming, like, you can expect uh, a lot of kids to wake up to one under the, under the tree. Yep. And in terms of systems to give for Christmas, the Switch is the most palatable Christmas gift for a parent. 
It has exactly. games that kids can mm -hmm. play. It has the mobility of it and has the, pr the entry price point that's more palatable too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can definitely see it. It's a big uptick then. Damien, you were talking about Fortnite. Fortnite's exclusive to, to Xbox, correct? No, I mean, no, I'm not talking non-PC. I'm talking about console. On console, if I, remember, I believe so at the moment. And then, then, that, and then that would be the reason it, why. Once, yeah. That, mm -hmm. To me, that, that's the reason why it's played more than, than Destiny would be played, because everybody who's playing it from PC or who wants an opportunity to hop in went to Xbox. That's where, they're being that's where it's being played at. Well, it's on and PC, too. It's on PC, too. Yeah, but with that PUBG type. Yeah, exactly. That, that's I mean, that's every, the whole thing. Until PUBG comes out, that's, that's your way to play PUBG on a console right now. Yeah. Right. And the barrier to entry is nothing. Nothing. So. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Free to play, you're good as gold. And uh, again, the, the most sold copies for Destiny, that's like, I would assume that that would be the case. Just, I mean, the, the fan base alone, and then like you said, Cajun, you're adding PC on. So PC owners, whatever they had, add $2 million onto that immediately just on a quick pickup because yeah. people, all streamers, anybody who wanted to play PvP on 60 frames, yeah. yeah. One of the things for, uh, with that, also with the Fortnite thing, was that also the streamers, like... Bro, Professor Bro Man, Gothalian, uh, The Darkness, they're all big time streamers for Destiny. Well, they've also been taking a lot of time streaming Battle Royale and Fortnite. Yeah. Derek? Yeah, which is also one of the dialogues I just wanted to get into is that a lot of people that consume Destiny at a much higher rate or have been pulling back. And even myself, I've the the need to get back in there is I have everything so far that when there are very few things that I want in the game in terms of rewards, like now it's just anybody need help with anything. Mm -hmm. um, I have a maxed out everywhere. Um, just I don't need to max anything else out. I can do other stuff right now and just finding out kind of what I want to do next. But this also comes at the good time. Something we we'll talk about in the hype train of, of this is a good time, especially for me, is I'm getting to that I'm done uh, maneuver and they're coming out with what's coming out next and giving us that news. So that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hitting 305. It, it, I, it was like a week and a half ago. And I just said to myself, I'm like, I'm kind of burnt. Like I'm burnt on destiny. Like it wasn't, it, and it wasn't like a bad thing. I wasn't mad at the game. I wasn't like frustrated, you know, frustrated at any point. It was just more like, there's, there's just nothing else for me to do right now. I hopped on, on the weekend to get Jarvis real quick. Um, and I, it, Jarvis was a weapon, right? Or Jarvis, the, uh, Darcy, the, Darcy, Darcy, Darcy. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm something else. Darcy, I hopped in. Still, it's an AI. It's an AI. Yeah, AI. AI. Like literally, I hopped in, got it, and was done. And I was out. And I haven't been. I've been. I honestly, I really haven't even been in chat. Um, in in Uprising Clan, only because uh, Odyssey has taken over, and there was so much other stuff going on. But again, December is like a month away, and a month away for me will be right about that time where it's like, man, I miss playing Destiny, and then new stuff. So. Right. that giving me a month as a breather to play uh a couple of games like odyssey and to play assassin's creed is, is great it. for me it it's great mm -hmm. yep. yeah that's one thing i've noticed that there's there's a couple sides of it there's our side that we're talking about right now and there's other people out there very loud voices who are very upset that they're not wanting to play destiny and it boggles the mind that's like there are other games out there you can play it. Why are you so mad that you don't want to play Destiny right now? That you don't that you're being drawn to it. And I and I see some of their reasons why they want to, mainly because it's their business, either YouTube uh, content creators or streamers. But at the same time, like there's so much coming that just came out 
in the last couple of weeks, gaming-wise, it's like, why are you so mad about this? Play this other stuff, man. Watch Stranger Things. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> Instead of being so mad. 150 hours I have in, and I'm a modest player. I, Destiny has Destiny 2 has given me way more value than what mm. my dollar bills had given to Activision on, on that game. And without putting another dime into it. On top of like all of the, the friendships and stuff. So I... I, I get the whole aspect of people not making money off of it and needing new content to be coming out. People were really angry about the fact that there was no Halloween thing going on at all this year. There's nothing in between right now aside from the Osiris DLC that's going to be coming out. But remember, you have a bunch of brand new players who, if they bought Destiny 2, thought to themselves, wow, I've never played Destiny 1 before. Maybe I should go back and go try that. And now are, are, are consuming that content. I bet if you looked at the original Destiny and looked at the amount of Guardians that are in that right now, I bet the content level for that is really high because people are, are going back after taking care of everything they needed to take care of in Destiny 2. Right. Or, and, or some of them going in on the PC side of it just to get, if, if they have the, the means and sure. the system to play it on PC going in that way as well. But the only, yeah, the only reason I stepped in this week was to do the challenge mode uh, for the raid. How and, is that? Uh, it was um, it was tough to get the mechanics down. Uh, it basically, if you're, you know, challenge mode is baths, and you have to have at least one person in the water in the center of baths for the entire encounter, and they can't even jump. Like if you're out of the water for like more than like a split second, it says challenge failed, and you feel and you fail it. Um, that's probably one of my only complaints is that when it tells you challenge failed in the corner, it tells you that, which is good, but then it just goes right away. I think it needs to stay up because if if, not, if every time we failed, if somebody wouldn't have seen it, we could have continued playing it and then finished the encounter and failed the challenge until we actually did it. But we did it just on normal mode, and it was tough to get all our rotations because it changes the entirety of the encounter, leaving the person there. So instead of doing like everybody helping each other out, we just kind of did a big circle rotation around there. And uh, finally got it that way. I, I get the why people are angry money wise, but as a as a casual gamer or an Ubra Destiny fan like you are, especially with the clan and everything, are you frustrated with the fact that this challenge mode or the hard mode or prestige mode didn't allot you to either get a new weaponry or B for it to raise some version of light level to like three ten? Uh, the light level doesn't didn't bother me. I wasn't expecting it at all for light mm -hmm. level because the challenge modes never did that in the past. Um, both prestige nightfall prestige raid and challenge mode all are frustrating to me because there is hardly anything special about them there's no reason uh, i mean yeah prestige raid can give you two weapons that aren't really needed um and the armor is just the same with a different palette um so you're not getting any benefits from it just a, a look and the difficulty increase is so substantial mm -hmm. it's unreal on prestige raid that uh, to the point where we were trying prestige uh two weeks ago and just beating our head against the wall for over two hours like a this pro raid team who just finishes the raid like nothing just beating our head against the wall with just one encounter we couldn't even get it done and then we were about to go to bed and i think i brought up hey do y'all want to feel good before going to bed instead of bad and like yeah let's just go into normal mode and so we just did a quick run through did normal mode start to finish poof, ran through it finished it and i'm like all right bedtime <laughs> now i can go to bed happy i still haven't complete uh, completed the normal mode nick uh my brother and i we all get on every other friday i, I hop on he's usually on every friday trying trying to raid 
but every other Friday, me and my uh, me and my brother Nick, and then uh, my boys all get on, and we we try to we we do a little bit farther each time, but we don't have that that gelling down yet to where we can just run right through anything. Yeah, Are we gonna be it, talking Iron Banner next week? Oh uh, no, it's, uh, two weeks. I don't think Iron Banner is coming back. Right, it's a uh, faction rally. Faction rally. Fa- oh, so faction it's faction rally. Okay. Yeah, faction rally comes back. Yeah. All right. So Iron Banner is going to be what next month? I mean, I thought there were two Iron Banners. I thought that we were going to get at least one more. Two, we get one more. Iron, we get one more Iron Banner before the next season. Okay. Yes. Uh, that, yeah, that was complete understanding. Is that just the date of it is not known at this point? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. All right. But we still have a whole month. I mean, we have what thirty-two days until uh, the DLC comes out. So they have they have time to put Iron Banner in. So faction rally on the seventh in four days. And then, uh, or four days from when we're recording right now, and then um, I would guess either the week or two weeks after that would be Thanksgiving Iron weekend would be an ideal time. Mm-hmm. Get everybody nice and warmed up for the next DLC. Give them a week and then have a space in between. That would make as sense. as long as I get the pulse rifle, I'm fine. I've got yeah, every I'm weapon, not, yeah, and I opened not 35 freaking packages, and I didn't get the pulse. Yeah, it's... you're not alone there, man. I'm right along with you, and I, I oh. got, kept getting so many re- recents. I didn't. I only got like three pieces of armor. I, kept yeah, I, I use a pulse rifle as my primary 95% of iron banner and that's the one weapon I didn't get maybe that's why it's like no you don't get the weapon you use the most no. or the weapon type you like you don't get that <laughs> alright we're a little too long on this one let's transition over to uh, silver Which, what do you got over here for us silver shoot what did I put uh, first on that list stardew valley on oh. switch Yes, so um, anybody that knows me knows I love Sturdy Valley, and I was very excited about it coming to the Switch. Um, a lot of people have been complaining. Uh, I'm actually in a Facebook group for Stardew Valley. It's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of people have been complaining that they'll you can't just like save the game throughout the day. It saves when you go to bed. And so people go through their entire day, go to bed, it goes to sa- save, and it crashes the whole thing, and you have to start over. Just on that day, but still, it is the most infuriating thing ever. Um, I've had it happen a handful of times, uh, maybe six or seven. And so they did, um, the publisher, Chucklefish, did address it. They're working on a patch, and in the meantime, they are just telling everybody to um, hold on to your weapons, or um, uh, your weapons and your... uh, uh, primary tools, don't uh, send them off to be upgraded, don't put them away in a chest, carry all of them, and leave your fridge alone. There's something about, like, a gap that is produced, like, if you fill your fridge and, like, cook with something, it, it leaves a gap, uh, instead of, like, compressing everything, and that is what's causing it. They said that this uh, same glitch happens on the PC and the other consoles as well, but they're powerful enough to just push through it, and the Switch isn't. So I, I know a lot of people were complaining about it today too. Um, but they actually updated uh, their blog to this morning. The patch is almost finished. So um, I will have an article as soon as the patch is up. In the meantime, I do have an article up on SilverSoulGaming.com about the crash and the workarounds uh, for it. In the meantime, I'm just angry because I really, really need to upgrade a couple tools and. <laughs> It sucks to lose a full day's progress and still not be able to upgrade anything. So it's kind of a bummer that they already knew that this was an issue and just chose not to fix it for the Switch. Like they yeah, knew well that they, it was. 
they knew it was an issue. They know that the power the machine is less powerful than a PC, but they chose not to fix the glitch prior to. Probably didn't think about it. Yeah, probably just thought it would be able to push through too, because there's probably not a lot of ways to test it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, unless playing on the Switch. But yeah, there, sorry, there are ways to test it, but some things just get bypassed. Well, and it happens so randomly. It's not like, um, you know, it happens on certain days or every single time you try to save. Like, there was a couple times it took me forever to uh, upgrade one of my tools, and it took me, like, five crashes to finally get it to just power through. That way I could get my tool upgraded overnight. But wow. it's so random. They said that's the problem they're having with uh, building the patch. Oh, okay. No, nothing can be as bad as the Friday the 13th launch. Yeah. And I love that game, but yeah. Yeah. I literally... And that that's like... If that... If that's the only thing that's wrong is one little bug that they're working on, I can't complain. I've got 70, 80 hours in it already just on the Switch alone. When I bought it on the PS4, I put like 150 hours on it, so it's my only complaint. But uh, I did want to let everybody know that they're uh, almost done with the patch. They're just trying to work out some bugs within the gotcha. patch. Gotta love programming. Now... The Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch have that issue? It does not. <laughs> mm. So what's good about this game? Uh, well, for one, it's Mario. <laughs> Two, it's Nintendo. Three, it has a dinosaur. That's always a winner for me. Um, a dinosaur? It does. Bowser? Dinosaur. Yoshi? No, no. A dinosaur. Oh, yes. I remember seeing this now. Yes, a full -on, like a, a legitimate full -on dinosaur. dinosaur. Um, I know Nick really wants to talk about it next week, so uh, I really just wanted to kind of give my um, insight after a week of playing. It is just fantastic. It combines my favorite aspects of the older Mario games, especially like 64, um, Sunshine, games like that, and just adds to it. Like, at first I was a little skeptical about the Cappy thing. You know, you could you throw him and take something over. No, that is the best part of the game. See, that first thing about that Cappy thing reminded me of Meet the Robinsons. Yes! With the little hats. Especially when I saw the T-Rex, I was like, oh, man. Because that was my son's, like, favorite movie when he was little. That was a great movie. And so, and so seeing all that stuff, I instantly thought about that. But then the other thing I was thinking about was, or curious about, was I keep seeing Mario in different costumes and stuff like that. What's that yeah. all about? That has actually uh, become one of my favorite uh, parts of the game. Uh you know, you collect coins and, and stuff like a, your typical Mario game, but you can use them to buy things, especially outfits. And each kingdom has, like, unique coins that you have to go find. It, you can use them to buy even more outfits. So collecting outfits and hats has become my favorite thing about Mario. Like, I will spend hours looking for the hidden coins, like, exclusive to a kingdom just to buy the uh, outfit. I think right now I'm wearing... Uh, uh, like a backwards baseball cap and like uh, some gaudy looking. It's like shorts and a, uh, like a button-up shirt unbuttoned over like a non-matching shirt. It, it's it's kind of horrendous, but I love it. Now, do the outfits, are they just, do they, do they do anything for your character or are they just cosmetic? Just cosmetic, but sometimes in a world you'll find like um, a locked door and you'll talk to them, and they'll be like, oh, you have to look like everybody else around here to get in this room. And so you go 
buy the special outfit with the special coins and then you can get in and usually the room has a, a power moon or something else that you need to collect and uh, I just enjoy the uh, outfits. I like to run around in a cowboy hat just because. Now, does Cappy, does he turn, like, so is, so is he, every hat that you get, is, is Cappy just changed his yep. appearance? Okay. Um, I, I've got one, it's a snorkel, and since it's not a hat, uh, you just see Cappy's eyes over Mario's in the snorkel. It is uh, actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this, this, I, I've been playing Odyssey for a week, I just beat it this morning. It's an absolute love letter to anybody who's a Mario fan whatsoever. Um, everything about it is encapsulating what we know of 8-bit all the way up uh, until the latest 3D Mario series through the Wii U. Um, The thing that I appreciate the most is they give nods to each one in different ways. Um, There was a room that I entered um, where you have to do a game, and all of a sudden you're hearing the background music for the Super Mario uh, 3 uh, spin game. You know what I mean? Like where you're you're playing, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And then you turn your head, and you're like, Oh, that, that is that. And then um, I, there's that acapella version that you hear of um, the group. There's like a live group. Did, dun, 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 dun. Like you can hear that played mm-hmm. in a different room when you enter in. So they just do these little tiny nods to different things. And it's just enough to make you smile and go, oh, I see where they were going with that one. I get it. And they, they turn things on their head. So everything that you know about Mario, they do a, a flip on it. And as far as Cappy's concerned, such a major part of the game and a storyline in the game, which is really nice. Again, it's Mario. It's very simplistic. It's a platformer. If you want to get hard, Mario can get hard with platforming on some of the areas. It it Mm -hmm. can be difficult. It's not heavy on story. It's more about just the fun of not even... The thing about I love about Destiny is that it's so intense and you can't like everybody's calling out and people have to be involved in all this stuff. The thing I love about Mario is I don't have to think about any of that. I literally can put a podcast on and just play Mario for a couple of hours and not think. So this is kind of like along the same lines that uh, Jeff and I talked about. We talked about walking sims and we were talking about how that they're they're very calming and you know soothing and that's how it sounds like this Mario game is. And it's, it does, it's got me, it's another one of the, the major releases that's come to the switch that has me, my, my top three that I would want if I was to get is Mario's one of the top. Cause I know my wife would probably play it. And then, uh, it would also have to throw in the fact that I would want the, uh, definitely legend of Zelda or not, or yeah. the, the Zelda game. And then the other one would be Splatoon two. They also yeah. just released a Fire Emblem game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Stardew Valley, but, you know, minus the glitch. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, one of the things I liked about um, Breath of the Wild Zelda was that it allowed, and it, it allowed you to complete encounters in different ways, in your own way, um, instead, of you, instead of figuring out the way to beat a boss or encounter. It, the vast majority of encounters you could figure out your own path to defeat them. Is it is Mario Odyssey along those lines that you have to do it this way, or is it like just figure it out? If you can find a back way or this way or put your hat on this thing, it's completely different, or is it pretty straightforward? Uh, it's really straightforward. It's, okay. um, there's, it's, this isn't uh, like an Assassin's Creed or, you know, there's five ways to kill somebody, you know, choose which, whichever you'd like to do. That's not how this is. It's pretty okay. straightforward. It's It's kill a, a baddie three times and they die. You know what I mean? That's just a basic Mario 
it, the mechanics of it are very Mario. So there's no, mm-hmm. it, the difference between uh, Odyssey is a reinvention, or uh, Breath of the Wild was a reinvention of Legend of Zelda. That's not what Odyssey is. So if you're going into it thinking, oh, hey, they're going to reinvent Mario, that's, they're, they're reinvent, they always reinvent Mario. Every game that is a Mario game is a reinvention of Mario. They do that all the time. They're just adding a different mechanic to it. Cappy is the new mechanic to it. So it's a mechanic heavy game versus a reinvention of a game. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Which is totally okay. It works really well. And um, as of this week, it is now the highest rated game of all time, beating uh, Ocarina of Time and Super Mario Galaxy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gotta ask, is Yoshi anywhere in this? Not that I've seen. Any references of him at all? I'm going to take the silence <laughs> of the yes. Uh, there is oh, a, there is, there, there is a, a heavy like, reference. Uh, nods at uh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> the game the, the best part that. of the, the best part of the game is is there's a game after the game and that's not a spoiler every mario game you can go back in and redo levels or redo things in this particular game you can go back and do more moons they add additional moons to give replayability which is a big deal for most games you know what can i do to get myself back into a game if you think you've collected every moon in, in super mario odyssey in your first play that's that's absolutely not the truth because they add a ton there's over 800 over 800 moons in this game. So there is replayability in this game. There are additional levels that are added to this game after after you beat the game. So there's reasons to go back to it. I prefer it on a TV with a pro controller. I'm going to be honest. I don't really like the handheld version of this particular game, where Breath of the Wild, I really enjoyed playing it in handheld as opposed to being on a television. But um, the, the, the vividness and the, the HD quality when it's on a TV is a lot different than the handheld version for this particular game. For those folks who said Switch needs to give me a reason to buy it, I don't, I mean, Splatoon 2, Mario Kart, Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, I don't know what else you need. Like, I, I, for, for the Switch, aside from all of the indie games that are out for it, I don't know what else you need to buy this for somebody to want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand it's... monetary reasons, but it's not for the games. I think it's interesting that you uh, don't like it on the handheld, uh, but you do like Breath of the Wild. See, Breath of the Wild, I only like to play on my television, but I have only played Mario on the ha- on the handheld. Haven't even bothered putting it on the TV. I love to just grab the handheld, lay back in my recliner, and just like hold it over my face and hope I don't drop it. And just I'll lay like that for hours with my puppy in my lap. The the reason why I don't care for it so much is. Initially, when you turn the game on, it asks you to go into Joy-Con mode and pull the Joy-Cons off of the dock. Uh, with the Pro Controller, you can do the same motions with it either attached or detached, because sometimes I'll have it plugged in in order to charge it or pulled, pulled apart, and you can do those same motions. I don't like holding the entire Switch and trying to do all of that, because if you shake the controller, it moves Cappy in different directions when you do that. So it I does the same thing. The, uh, I just use the buttons. The only thing that I can't um, use the buttons for is a 360 spin. Mm-hmm. And I just or, push the button and shake it a little bit, and it, it works. The the up and down cap is really hard without shaking the controller up and down because it'll it'll go ahead of you. It'll jump up and then come back mm-hmm. down again, and that's that becomes difficult when you're shaking the, the control or the the entire switch itself. But overall, I I absolutely adore this game. Um, as far as for kids, uh, my son, my nine year old's been playing it and has already passed the second level. And we're having conversations about the bosses and stuff like that. It's very transitional to your kids. It's it's user friendly and it's very easy to pick up. For those that have the GameCube controller and the adapter, 
uh, can you play this game with the GameCube controller? Because they have because they switched patched it in to where mm-hmm. you could use that now because it's got the USB adapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you play using the GameCube controller or playing? You can uh, play with the Pro controller. I don't see why not. I don't the the, the, the buttons would be remapped, but I yeah. I would I would assume you could play with it, but it, it would be remapped. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that to be a fact though. I don't know. I like playing on the handheld, especially because I can't really play while moving the controllers because I have arthritis. I can't do the whole, yeah, whipping the controllers around and stuff like that. So I haven't even bothered. I haven't even tried. So. All right. Well, we'll, I mean, I know that we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth about it next week. So we'll get into it, I guess, uh, as far as levels and stuff like that. By three weeks in, if you hadn't beaten Mario Odyssey, the game's a, a 12 to 15 hour game at most. I mean, it's it's not it's not a long game. The replay the replay value is where the where the, the real real game starts. It's the after game is where it really starts. Nice. And uh, speaking of something that doesn't have a lot of time, we had one that had a couple weeks out. Uh, something just came out. Have y'all had a chance to get into it, Damien Silver? Well, it only came out like you know what twenty four hours ago, barely. <laughs> yeah, we finally have uh, Call of Duty without exoskeletons, jump packs, and other <laughs> random bullshit. And it's oh, from the people who brought that in. <laughs> no, no, that's if you're a Wolfenstein. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wrong, wrong uh, dimension. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Captain America. <laughs> ah, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's alternate universe uh, scenarios there. We're talking about real universe. How's the the game so far for the limited amount of time uh, you've had in it? Sledgehammer has done a fantastic job. It, it brings back that like um, a lot of people have complained since Modern Warfare Three, the Call of Duty feeling is gone. It's back with this one, and that's a really big deal, especially for me as a longtime fan. Yeah, for me, I have to I have to completely agree with that. The Call of Duty feels one hundred percent back. This game is amazing. Like I've I've gotten some multiplayer games rounds in. I've watched streamers play as well to see some of the different techniques and stuff. And they're having to go back. These are streamers that have been like professional streamers that have learned about the exoskeleton and stuff. Now they're going back into a game that doesn't have it. They're having to reteach themselves how to play Call of Duty. Which is and not a bad thing, because it, this is Call of Duty and not... It, okay, when I use an emote, uh, I'm saluting, or sitting down, or I'm not, you know, dabbing and wearing bright pink camo. Uh, it, they got rid of all the nonsense. No, you, later on you can unlock some nonsense in the camo side. God damn it. <laughs> At least it's not in the emotes. <laughs> It's not in the emotes. No, no, it's not in the emotes. As long as nobody uh, whips or dabs, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That'll be that. That'll be for towards the end of the end of the of the uh, of the year. Probably <laughs> stay true to your time period. <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to talk about on this, so I played the first couple missions and mm-hmm. Call of Duty. I remember when they came out with one of the first major ones on the on the 360. And I don't on the 360, but on the actual Xbox console, and it had to do with D-Day. And then on the 360, they reca- they did one that was still beautiful graphics when the game launched, but it had to do with multiple fronts. And one of those fronts, they re- they revisited D-Day. Everybody goes now, to D-Day. You don't have to, yeah. It's you can do stuff without going to D-Day. However, and I never thought I'd say this about Sledgehammer, is that this game 
is by far just with the limited amount of time that I've had with it, it's outtaken Modern Warfare as my favorite Call of Duty, and it's I it, I will state already that it's my favorite Call of Duty. I am completely pulled into the story. They have they have a star-studded cast. I mean, it is it's crazy. The cast uh, includes Josh Dumal or Duhamel. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan last name Josh. Yeah, Jonathan Tucker. Uh, Jeffrey Pierce, Brett Zimmerman, Kevin Cabal. It's got a bunch of these people, and they're not they're not just voice actors. These are people that are in film and lots of different types of uh, and TV shows and all sorts of stuff. And the voice acting is amazing. The cinem like the the, the graphics are insane on this, and it's only going to be better because it's actually going to be 4K exclusive gameplay to PC and Xbox One X. That nice. silver. The first mission, like as I'm storming the beach, I kept dying over and over and over. My husband's like, "What? Like, what is it? Like, what's up?" And I'm like, "I'm like, it's not that the game is hard. I'm not paying attention because as I'm trying to like dodge the bullets, I'm looking around at the gore and the details, and I was just blown away. It took me 30 minutes just to get bad to choice the beach. of words. Bad choice of words." Mm. <laughs> with some of the stuff you see now people can talk about saving saving private ryan being a hard hard movie to watch for veterans and stuff like that this game will definitely be hard for anybody that's that had that's seen anything remotely similar to this stuff because they're not afraid to show it some of the call of duties they kind of dumbed down and they didn't show exactly what went on this is brutal in your face i was running up through the beach and then a guy got his leg blown off behind me and he's crawling and he's holding on to his leg he grabbed he's got the shell shock he grabbed his leg i was talking about how if this game was vr i don't think i could handle it like i can i can wa- i can play the game and i'm amazed by it my mouth's hanging open i'm the they do an introduction with the characters and the introduction is enough that you know, the original Mass Effect games and stuff, they pulled you into the characters, right? You love the characters. You got to know them. You're like, I like these guys. Andromeda didn't do that. This game introduces you to the characters in a way that in the beginning you already feel for them. And so you're automatically looking for them. You're like, oh, I got to cover this person. I mm-hmm. don't want this person to die. I, I feel, even if you're playing a single player, you feel connected to these AI characters because of just really well-written dialogue. And well-planned-out avenues to how the if you go a different direction, the verbiage that they say to you makes you want to come back and help them out instead of going off on your own thing. Um, about two months ago, uh, Sledgehammer did warn uh, gamers that it it was going to be very brutal, very realistic, and they said that their reasoning was too many people are forgetting how serious World War II was. And they wanted to remind people how horrible it was and what uh, all those men and women went through to protect us, you know, our, our country and their families and everything. And they flat out said their reasoning for making the game was to honor those who fought in, in the war, which I thought was just absolutely amazing. Like, I, I, I'll be honest, I cried when I heard it. I was like, wow, that is a reason to make a game. And so, yeah, when I started playing it and I saw how, you know, harsh it was, I was like, yeah, they've really done it justice in a way that Battlefield didn't do with uh, 
World War One, even though Battlefield One is a fantastic game. I just gotta say the other thing is if you're playing the game, please please protect Private Adams. Yes. There, there's a guy in there named Private Adams. Protect him. Yes. Just happens to be my last name. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing I like. As you go through the campaign, I don't, I've only played um, a couple uh, missions as well. Um, there are heroic moments you can uh, do where you could you know save somebody from uh, a Nazi that just popped out of nowhere. You know, just little things like that. And I think that's really cool because that, for me, gives it replayability. There's uh, things to find, and there's people that you can or can't save. And so, like, like, there was one I missed, totally missed, and watched him die. And I was like, oh. And then I died and went back through, and I, like, immediately was like, i got to save this guy this time. And he was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, it was just a really cool moment. And so I'm excited to play through it, and then I'm on Hardened right now, and then go back through just to get all the heroic moments, find all the little memoirs, stuff like that. Now... They did something also different with this where they went in for the multiplayer aspect of it. And I knew that some people from Ubisoft had left a while back. And they, I knew that they had been, they've been with Sledgehammer for quite a while. But you haven't seen anything from these people that would tie you to thinking that, oh, I know that this, this is something they brought from a Ubisoft title that they worked on. This was an idea that they had. That you haven't seen. Well, now in this multiplayer game, you get a quasi-resemblance of the lobby system that was going to be in the canceled game, Rainbow Six Patriots. Now, Rainbow Six Patriots, they wanted to eliminate the lobby system where you show up and you're in a room, you're interacting, basically, if you think Destiny, the tower. And it's a social space. You can interact with other players. You can. This is where you do all your... If you're, you're purchasing or you get COD points, you get stuff that you earn for playing the game. Right. And you use this for getting your your your, uh, your drops and stuff. And it's a pretty cool social environment. You can go practice using different weapons. But it was just enough of a change that it, it just kind of pulls you and makes you feel a little bit of that similar feeling that you get with Destiny being a shared world shooter only in their multiplayer aspect, and you can access all points of the game. So you can access campaign, you can access a co-op campaign, which is a standalone campaign completely different than the actual single-player campaign. So when it comes for dollar for dollar what you get out of a Call of Duty game, this game is giving you much more than renditions of the last couple years have Mm -hmm. given you. You're getting two campaigns, you're getting a zombie mode, which is actually scary, it's uh, utterly terrifying. I'm kind of afraid to even start it after just the the trailers. <laughs> and and it's the the story just is really really good. We're obviously going to talk more about this as we have next week. Hopefully, most of us will have gone through and played the entire campaign, so we'll be able to discuss it a little bit more. But first initial sayings within the first 24 hours is as someone that stepped aside from Call of Duty for the last couple of years, I can say that. If you've stepped aside and you've been waiting for a reason to come back, this is your reason to come back right now. As somebody nice. who has played every single title, including the lesser ones like Advanced Warfare, um, I, this one blows the rest of the series out of the water. It just creates a whole new environment that even Battlefield can't match. And the, the, just the, the headquarters alone, you're talking about you know the hub where you can... Uh, get your loot and everything else like that was just like that little bit of immersion just blew me away 
my husband was sitting next to me and he was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, I know, right? I'm like, this is just like the little headquarters. I, I, I'm not even in the game. He was like, damn, that's, that's impressive. And just little stuff like that. I was able to make my character in game look like my grandfather when he was in, because I have a picture of him from World War II. So I basically my multiplayer character is me playing as my grandfather. So I have to do him justice. That's amazing. I have a photo nice. upstairs of my uh, great grandfather in uniform from World War II. So I definitely know what that's like. But yeah, it's it's great. Um, do you know if that co-op uh, campaign is local only, or can you do it online? I haven't tried yet. I haven't tried to see if it's online yet. If we can do it online, we should uh, we should do it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now we got one more. Uh, thing in game on before we exit uh you've been playing something damien yeah i finally so i ordered this when it first came up like 20 minutes after it came up on amazon and i got mine about two weeks ago uh, i'm talking about the super nintendo classic and this thing it, it's tiny because i didn't have i didn't get the nintendo classic but this thing it, it comes with games so the game that introduced me to rpgs was final fantasy 3 I rented this game so many times I could have owned it, like probably at least with the overage charges and stuff for that for keeping it. Even after I beat the game and could go back and do it again, my grandfather would rent it for me just so much that th- having this game on the Nintendo... Yep. Uh, Chris right now is showing me his. But... Uh, you finally own it. I finally it, own it. It took you I this long it. to, it this long to finally <laughs> own the game. Now, I own a lot more of that because I also own... Secret of Mana, which I only got to play at my cousin's place, and I've always wanted to because that was a game that, if if you ever were part of Nintendo Power or anything like that, Nintendo Power really focused it a lot, focused a lot of time on on Secret of Mana and some of the other games out there. Yeah, Mana but was great. Yeah, my favorite game probably on there though are the multiplayer games that you can play with people, and one of them was Contra because a Cuphead. And I tried to explain to my son and show him the difficulty of the games that we called fun back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and three lives for the entire campaign. Yes, unless you did the, the unless you did the uh, Konami code. Konami code, yeah. And, and I'm assuming just, Konami code still exists. Yes, yes, it does. Okay, good. In, and in so the, uh, you can play. Classic. Yeah, so you can go on. You can play these games, and you can play. <laughs> you can play all all of those things. And it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to introduce younger generations to it to see what we found fun and then they actually realize what hard mode is like i try to explain i try to explain to them no you don't know hard you don't know hard until you played the stuff that we thought was fun yeah because our grandparents can tell us stories and our parents tell us stories about walking back backwards in the snow shoeless uphill both ways all that stuff we can't experience it our now our kids can like this is our experience of hard mode These you want you want people to experience, experience it now. Here you, you, go. you want people to experience what made a game like dark souls put them on super ghouls and ghosts yeah i had uh i didn't have a, a super nintendo i had a genesis i had i went to sega so getting a super nintendo and being able to go back and play some classics is a lot of fun Getting checkpoints is a lot of fun. Having saves is a lot of fun. It's like having a game genie, only better. And the amount of games and different genres that this touches, it kind of hits all of the super classics for the the SNES, which for most gamers, um, the SNES is even better than the Nintendo itself. So the, the going up to 16-bit is a huge deal. It also Super Mario RPG. 
a Super Mario RPG, it, it goes to 1080 really well, as opposed to the regular classic version. Like, the, the initial uh, NES classic looked good, but this looks fantastic on, on screen, and, they, and a lot of those games age very well. Yeah. All right. I think we've gotten all of our games out of our system that we're playing and excited that we're playing. Now let's talk about what we're excited about that's coming and get into the gaming hype train. Alright, first up in the hype train is the first game we talked about, DLC that's coming out. Uh, Destiny's first DLC is Curse of Osiris. Uh, what we know about it so far uh, is we're getting regular stuff, new missions, quests, strikes, weapons, emotes, new level cap. Uh, we're going to have three live stream reveals, November 15th, 21st, and 29th. Uh, we know the quest giver will be Osiris's ghost uh, this time, and it's going to be voiced by another Firefly alum joining the voice cast. Marina Bakarin is going to be voicing it. So we have Cade, uh, Akore, and now uh, Osiris's ghost. I forget the ghost's name. They said it in stuff. I just didn't write it down. Um, we're going to get a new map space, which is something we didn't get in the first two destiny dlcs um which is that's really nice because in destiny one it was just repurposing original existing space it wasn't until taken king uh and rise of iron that we got new map space into it so that's nice to get that right away one thing that chris pointed out and i got to give you credit for that because i was like no no it's gonna be a full raid is they have new raid content not new raid they had that word content in all of their press release that gives feelings a prison of elders. My only other thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Damien. Yeah. I was gonna say, now the mine. Now, when this game launched on PC, instantly data miners went through everything, which shows that the that that shows that we're gonna get more content with the dreadnought and things. What if, what if the new raid content is a remaster slash redo with some new boss? of the dreadnought uh that makes no sense because this is a specifically okay. vex thing okay. so if anything oh, okay, you're right. if, if anything, yeah, anything i would it would be yeah vault yeah go if anything i would assume that they would add an additional challenge to callus like there would be another game that he would want you to play or something to that effect like it, it, somewhere in the middle of that of that raid they would add a, an additional something like the baths or or something to that effect i if that if that's raid content that's great because that gives you one more thing to do, but man, it, if it's going to be prison elders, er, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I give me some guns, give me something else. Raid caps got to be at least three twenty, at least three twenty to three twenty five because that's uh, you got to be at least twenty twenty difference between where you're at at, at three oh five. Yeah, I, I think they've said with the level cap's going to be uh, 20, uh, 25, they're moving from 2025 for level and power cap or light cap, whatever we want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty power. Um, I want to say 330. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down, but they have released that. But yeah, new rate content does bother me. Uh, that is story content in there. I really hope that it's a six person thing um, that I can get into because. That is the definition of a raid to me. It's more people doing something mm -hmm. difficult and hard instead of just the strikes, which is three people doing something difficult and hard. 
So uh, we'll see, and we'll find out uh, the details of that uh, in the next upcoming weeks. When is that one supposed to release? December, December 5th. 5th. Oh, okay. 5th. December 5th. We're a month out far off from then. this recording. Oh, no, it's yep, right this around the corner. Would, this would be a great opportunity for them to change the different level caps for prestige and normal mode. So mm-hmm. you can hit 3, 330 by going to prestige mode, but you can hit 325 on normal. And and make right. it make it make it that, that would make mm-hmm. things a lot in, more interesting. And also, you've got to. I saw the the hand, the pistol that they showed, uh, the hand cannon. You've got to add more stuff. We got to have more guns. There's got to be more exotics. There's got to be things that we have to oh. chase. Like those things have to be readily available. I heard that they were, uh, or at least what they talked about was a new social space, or at least something to that effect. That's a big deal. I mean, uh, the lighthouse. The new yeah. social space will be the lighthouse from Destiny One. That's really cool because a lot of people in, in me included. I mean, I I didn't go to through trials and and all, flawless. All yeah. So I, I, only time I saw the lighthouse was on uh, YouTube and Twitch. So yeah, none of us have set foot in it. So that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. That's cool. I mean, that gives you a, a little, and that's a nod to D one. All the people who played it, that gives you a little like, hey, we we're listening. We know you guys didn't get there. There was like a percentage of like twelve percent of you guys that actually got there. So here's here's to everybody else who wants to go to the lighthouse. <laughs> Yeah, I just yep. wanted to bring the thorn back. <laughs> so all the complainers, anybody who saw who had that dip, there's going to be a spike in Destiny again come December, come Christmas time. This this game is an ebb and flow. They don't Bungie doesn't expect you to play this game 24/7 365 for the for the average gamer. Uh, the Uber gamer is expected to do that, I guess, because you're YouTubing, but or you're on Twitch. But for the casual gamer, they're expecting you to drop in, drop out. That's that's always been their philosophy, and I don't think it's changed. It's not uncommon for a lot of games. Like, I drop in and out of uh, even my most favorite games constantly. Yep. But hardcore Destiny fans complain that they drop out. <laughs> they want That's to live there. Yeah. You, you know I don't the know de- if it's unique to Destiny, but uh, other, I guess other MMO-style games, you, you'll get that complaint of, there used you're to making me drop out. EverQuest, and then EverQuest is, then they're like, okay, then they just kept putting patch after patch or, or i think they're at like 60 for their expansions i'd be curious to talk to remy about diablo on that what what it is to be drop in drop out and what what the play levels are when they have you know raid drops a new and stuff season. like yeah a new season in diablo because i would assume that that would be very similar to that where you're going to get an influx of people coming in and then an influx of people dropping out i think the part where it take people take it to heart is the fact that when you're in a clan you become friends with people, and then all of a sudden they don't see you for a month and a half to two months. And then when something drops, you're back again, and a lot of those people are like, dude, where were you? You, I mean, mm-hmm. we've been here the whole time, and you're only just showing back up for the highlights. you know. And so it, it's hard to keep friendships because people have grudges or have hurt feelings over the fact that you're, you're only there for the good times and you're not there for the, for the rest because you're busy playing other things. And some of that is monetary reasons because people can only play one game some of that is because people have a love for a specific game and they choose to play that game on a very consistent level so um either or it 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 that's where there's a lot of animosity when it comes to destiny yep all right now this isn't a game you're excited about but this is a system silver yes you can't have the game without the system um so i Decided to love myself this past Christmas and bought myself a beautiful 55-inch 4K TV to replace my old 34-inch. 
Um, and I'm really glad I did. I did it in anticipation for Project Scorpio. And when they announced the Xbox One X, I immediately knew I made the right choice because I am a really, really big um, Xbox fan. And so I did snag the Project Scorpio edition. I picked that up Monday night. My GameStop is releasing it uh, at 10 p.m. So I'll be up rewiring and transferring data and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, but I, I'm excited because when I was at PAX uh, in September, I got to play multiple titles on 1X uh, promo systems, and they were just gorgeous. Uh, Forza 7, um, Assassin's Creed Origins, oh my god, you couldn't hardly tell it was a game half the time. Uh, Outlast 2, Cuphead, I played quite a few different games on, on the systems, but it's so fast, it's so smooth, and, and just so utterly gorgeous. I, I'm very excited that I uh, about it. It's already worth the cost uh, for me. The menu alone is it, it's just smooth like butter. Oh, just... yeah. What's the difference between this and a PS4 Pro, graphics-wise? It is native 4K. Can you tell the difference if you're playing them side by side? Like, you have a PS4 Pro, and you're getting an Xbox One X. What's the... Can you... Is there a noticeable difference if you own that machine? I had just bought my PS4 Pro about two weeks before. No, actually, I bought it um, right after I came back from uh, uh, from Seattle because PAX was, ended, like, the day before Destiny 2 released. Uh, so I played multiple X1, uh, Xbox One X systems um, over the weekend. Uh, I actually played the fir- my first one at the Microsoft office about five minutes after I met Major Nelson, so that was pretty cool. But I played it the whole weekend, and I was just blown away. You know, I took photos uh, of the screens and stuff, and then I got home, got my PS4 Pro, put it, you know, uh, got everything set up. I played Destiny 2. I played... Near and something else. Uh, I think it might have been uh, Metal Gear Five, but like it was beautiful and it made it. It was definitely different from my original PS4, but it wasn't as good. But it. I don't know if it if it's actually a system difference or a television difference because we okay. were playing them on the Samsung OLED, like the top notch fancy. Mine's definitely not that, you know, it's not a $4,000 4K TV, but it's definitely a nice one. Um, I watch a lot of 4K uh, content on Netflix and stuff on my Xbox One S, and there's definitely a difference. So once I actually get the system, I will let you know, but as of right now, I say I can say yes, there's a difference. Okay. I'm going to own both systems because I ha- already have the Pro and I have the, the Scorpio Edition pre-ordered. For me, I don't think... What you see now, I don't feel like there's going to be a difference between the X and the Pro. What I feel like is in six months to eight months is when you're going to start to see an extreme difference because yeah. you're going to st- you're going to st- you're going to see people being able to push a machine with newer game content where the 60 frames is consistent versus one that can't guarantee 60 frames, and then there's going to be a huge issue, and it's going to be the back and forth conversation of well. 
Sony is holding us back, we could be, but, you know, we're going to keep it at 30 so everybody's at an even playing field, and then you're going to have that back-and-forth talk as opposed to the graphics conversation. Well, and the big thing with the PS4 uh, is it is taking regular 1080p games and pushing them up towards 4K to where the Xbox One X automatically runs them in 4K, and they are uh, enhancing even the games that are already out. Like, when they said they were enhancing uh, Fallout 4, like... Everybody knows I'm a diehard Fallout fan. I was like, I'll play it again just for the enhanced graphics and just for the hell of it. Um, you know, I've got my case for uh, World War II sitting next to me, and it, it says HDR and uh, 4K enhanced. They're enhancing so many games that I already have. When, when I saw Final Fantasy 15 on the list, I was like, how can that get any more beautiful than it already is? Because I played that on the uh, Xbox One X, and I know it had a lot of... Uh, uh, dislike from a major, uh, majority of the community, but I really uh, enjoy that one. I put it back in a lot, especially because in the middle of December, we get the final DLC episode uh, for um, Ignis. Ignis. I'm Ignis. very, very excited because I love Ignis. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited such about a good that, cook. but yes, he is. He has a new recipe. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it's the native 4K that makes a difference because... I mean, just just even wording it like that, pushing it towards 4K and running it in 4K and enhancing games that are already out, enhancing games people have been playing for the last couple of years, that's going to make a big difference. Especially, like you said, in the you know coming months when PlayStation 4 Pro owners start to see that they're lagging behind the One X or Sony starts to see that, then they'll start uh, pushing things the other direction. Which- when Sea of Thieves finally launches, that's going to be a big that's going to be a big deal because there it's designed specifically for, I mean it'll work on everything pretty much, but it is designed to utilize the X. It was drop dead gorgeous on the X, like just the water effects. I know that's something Damien goes on about a lot, and I hate to get in on this, but oh my god, it just looked so good. And that was definitely um, one of my big things at uh, PAX was we got to play the One X, and it was amazing. And God bless Microsoft. They just replaced my broken Elite controller, so I have it just in time for my uh, new system. I, I've been hearing that that they are replacing some Elite controllers now because I went through a broken Elite, and they are like, no, you're not in a warranty time frame. You're not going to do it. And I've heard a few people who have been outside warranty have been getting replacements. I think they've... they've might have finally hit their point of oh we actually did make have issues with manufacturing of these things or design that they are breaking in multiple ways they just used the warranty for my one x because i just bought it last december or one s sorry so which is nice because then if anything happens to this one that they sent me i'll have the warranty for the one x so they just because i called and i was like hey i'll pay to have it fixed you know i've got arthritis i need it and he's like well let me check your account he's like oh your system is still under warranty. Just send it in, and they sent me a new one. I got it yesterday, and so happy to have it back. Yeah, that's crazy. That they, not crazy, but it's kind of cool that they base it off of system purchase and not uh, device purchase. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said, especially because, you know, like, I think the $150 price point for it is worth it, um, you know, in comparison to, like, a scuff or something. Um, I don't like the scuff as well for Xbox as I do the Elite. I'm getting that look from Damien. Stop it. So, but I don't want to pay that $150, $200 again until they add it to Design Lab. I need a custom controller yeah. with my gamer tag yeah. on it. So, until then, I'm extremely happy with my replacement. 
Nice. As far as the Xbox One X, um, I'm in the boat of purchasing uh, a game based upon the hype of the 4K, and I purchased <sighs> Assassin's Creed Origin based upon that decision. I wanted to have a comparison, and I wanted to have it against Horizon Zero Dawn, and man, did they keep pushing Assassin's Creed Origin. So I bought it on Xbox specifically for Xbox One X. I know that you were you're thinking not gonna about. Be, you're not going to be tired, you're, I, or you're not going to be sorry with that. I, man. I haven't played. I haven't played it. I haven't played it on purpose because I played Mario Odyssey, bought it early, knowing that the reason. I didn't even want to play it on the original Xbox. I Xbox One. I wanted to wait until I the X comes out because that's the game I'm going to be playing it. On. Make sure. Make sure Good you call. download. Make sure you preload the 4K on your on your external hard drive because you can just transfer it directly over. That way you're good to go from the moment you get the game. Thank you well, the best part. That. I will do that. Yeah, I yeah. do. I do everything digitally. So yeah, same here. All, same all, here. Mostly all, now. all of my stuff. Everybody's like, make sure you put it on the external hard drive. Literally everything I own for Xbox is on that external hard drive. There is nothing okay. on the hard drive, so it'll be plug and play right into the Xbox One. But X. you need. But in order to get the to get the 4K, you have to download another patch. Yeah, you have to do so, the patch. So sure, yeah, make sure you do the patch. Mm-hmm. Have that ready to go because I am telling you. That game is gonna blow your mind. The the graphics on that thing, and, and like I've only I've still stayed. The I've basically uh, Shadows of Mortar. I'm in the starting area because mm-hmm. I want to experience it on the X. Uh, Assassin's Creed. I'm in the starting area because I want to experience it on the X. But I still had to play it, and it's both those games. The stories are amazing. I I am something like you guys have talked. You and Cajun talk a lot about single player games. Uh, single player games. And I never, I've never been a person that's been into those, really. But these, I'll tell you, these games that I do have right now are amazing stories. So the nights that I can't find a group to play with or something, or I just want to just kind of veg out and play something, these games are amazing for that. And I can't say enough good things about them, both visually, but also just the playability and story behind them. Now, originally, go ahead. I was gonna oh. say, like you're you want you wanted to talk about day one purchases for the yeah. Xbox One X. There's already 160 games currently that are day one. Per- I mean, you don't even have to day one them. They're day one already for Xbox because they're backwards compat. Right, right, and that's why I was like, you know, shoot, I've got Fallout 4, I've got uh, Final Fantasy 15, and and you know, I've got like a ton of the games that are already on the list. But I'm like, okay, I really, I'm a big Forza fan. I'm like, I'm gonna get. I'm going to hold off and, and get Forza 7 on the day it released. But then after playing Assassin's Creed in uh, Seattle and seeing the reviews it's getting and people who just don't even like the series are just, like, raving about it, I'm like, maybe I'll hold off on Forza and get Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> but I might not get it day one, like Monday or Tuesday, um, because the following week I will be at the Mayo Clinic. And so I might just puppy dog eye my mom. Uh, like, you know, I'm, I have to spend the week in the hospital. And we'll, we'll see if that works. If not, I'll just buy it when I get back. <laughs> there, mom don't a, listen to this episode? No. Probably. She might. <laughs> mom, there's I a ton of Black Origins. Friday stuff. Black Friday is coming up. A set, you don't, you're not going to – if you don't have the money and you can't afford to – I mean, nobody needs to help Ubisoft. But you know what I mean? If you want to – pay for the development of the game, which I'm, I'm a big proponent of paying for developers. If you enjoy a game, pay, pay them for exactly what they Agree. do. However, if you're not, 
Black Friday is going to see some sort of sale for 49 39 whatever on these right. Ubisoft games. Target already just had their buy two, get one. So I, w- I was watching people get Wolfenstein and the Fracture Butthole and Assassin's Creed all for 80 bucks. Like, that's not a bad deal. Like, right. that's a really good deal. So there, there'll be plenty of those coming up. And so if you really like Assassin's Creed, but you just don't have the means for it, give it a few weeks, give it a, give it two or three weeks, you'll be able to pull it. You'll be able to get it. Oh. Yeah. And honestly, um, I was really excited about that buy two get one free deal. Um, I would have already purchased Assassin's Creed, Forza, um, is you know like I would have bought all these games already, but I spent quite a lot of money on a puppy when I was in Denver a couple weeks ago. So, <laughs> and he just pooped on the floor. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what just, puppies just do. Think about all the money we spent on that pile of poop. <laughs> <laughs> yep, when he. When he learns to not do that in, in the house and just do it outside, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> but he was an expensive little dude. So um, in the meantime, I have puppy kisses to make up for not being able to play more than Mario and Call of Duty at the moment. <laughs> but either way. There, were, there was a huge gaming event with Hype Train speaking of uh, this week, which was Paris Games Week. Sony came mm-hmm. out and said that they had was going they were going to have, air quotes, the second E3. The second in three involved uh, basically a rerun of 90% of the games that they had already, aside from like uh, Guacamelee, um, and they also had a, they had a couple of other games that they ha- had shown that were brand new games. But you saw Detroit uh, Become Human, which you saw at PAX East. Um, they had a very, very controversial trailer. There was a super duper controversial trailer of The Last of Us 2. Um, there was also uh, God of War. There was a Spider-Man trailer. But Xbox... Because they saw all of this coming. And you know, the reason why uh, Sony decided to have their second E3 is because there's a release of an Xbox One X coming out within a week of the Paris Games uh, conference. They threw the one bullet. Xbox had the one bullet left in the gun. And they're like, hey, guess what? We said PUBG was going to be coming. We we (laughs) swore it's going to be coming. We're going to shoot the bullet. Here it is. And they gave us a date. Yes, the the date is December 12th. And... I'm I'm excited because I've I've played it. You gave you hooked me up with the alpha, and I, I played the alpha, and the the sound like the sounds, everything was great. Then that was and so I long. We didn't even know, know what the hell I it know, was when, when I know I, we did. It. I was like, hey, do you want to play this? Because I can't play it on my PC. And you're like, yeah. We didn't know what the flip that was, and, and it's the number one streamed game in the world. Out That's crazy. That's League crazy. of Legend, out being StarCraft Two. This game has TV channels in North Korea, in Japan. They have TV channels devoted to PUBG. And you were into Dude. it when we when you were into it too, like when you yeah. first started. Oh man. The only reason I held off was because I'm like, oh, this is coming to console. They're going to do they're they're going to do a buy buy it here, and you can get it on PC. I'll hold off. So now I'm having to when it, when it releases, I will be able to play with my friends who've been playing on PC and some of the streamers I wanted to play with. But yeah, oh my god, this game when we got a chance to play it at PAX, this game on the X looked amazing now what was also funny is there was someone that was repping the game there that came over and they're like yeah so we don't know what we did and we heard i heard this with two games the other game that i heard this with was eso uh which is elder scrolls online but they said we don't know what happened what's going on but right now as it stands when the game launches it is going to play better and look better on the xbox one x than it will look on at the currently on any pc that's out 
Oh, wow. They don't know what they said. They don't know what they did with the build. They said that will probably eventually change. But they said as of the time of the launch, the best place you can play PUBG is going to be on the X. I am the worst PUBG player in the world. <laughs> Not a single kill. You know, sometimes you can get no kills and still be in the top ten. Like my one of my first matches, I didn't get any kills. I was I would get like buck fever, and when someone would run out in front of me, I'm sitting there shooting all around them and not getting them. But then I would escape, and I would somehow make it in the top ten. I'm in the top ten of like the worst players of like all time. <laughs> so, yeah. But the, the sound effects on this game are one of the things that I. I love the most mm -hmm. about it because you have a good headset on with you. You're going to be the immersion is there because of the sound. Yes. The sound, like when you have a bullet going by, you hear zing. You can tell, like you actually feel like you have to like dodge away because you feel like it's going over, over your head and you hear ricochets and you hear the footsteps and it's just, oh man, it, it's a, it's a stressful game. <laughs> it's a fun game, but it is Highly stressful, especially the closer you get to that end. Especially if you're me. <laughs> no, no, I'm I, usually like the first kill, so. I, I know this know what is the a, end of the game looks like. This is supposed to be a real quick segment, but like, what for you? What are the distinctions between mouse and keyboard and controller in this game? Because this is a huge mouse and keyboard game, and mm -hmm. to transition that, you're going to get a lot of PC players that are like, "Yeah, no thanks." That the time to kill on this is a lot. I, the draw distance too which I've heard is a huge difference between PC and Xbox One X. Like, they, they've come out and said, you're not going to get as much of a draw distance, which for this game, if you watch any of the highlight reels on this game... It's all distance it's, it's shots. All, it's all distance, distance shots. shots. So that's going to yeah. be a big thing that they're going to have to overcome for console players. Yeah, that I haven't I haven't come into that experience yet with it. I'll definitely be something I'll be looking into more when I did. I did get long-distance shots when I was playing on my, on my Omen, so that from that side of things i did have that 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 i dealt with and yeah i can definitely see long distance shots will be de will be something we'll have to see but uh if you look at games like uh battlefront ba battlefront not battlefront battlefield they're able to find ways to be able to work around that that, that draw distance on console really well so i have i have nothing but no, nothing but good faith in the player unknown so to be able to put pull through with this speaking about a game that is unknown um or when it'll ever come out <laughs> you have an announcement <laughs> about sea of thieves yeah so sea of thieves if you've been waiting to play this game if you have been one of the people that's been you you've signed up with the insiders a year ago stuff, a year ago and you <laughs> have not made it in i, I there's nothing against rare like i love rare and i love sea of thieves so those guys over there are amazing people um, I, this is more out of fandom and wanting the game to be out like now so that like everybody can play more than anything else. The, yep. They have announced that by the end of the year, anybody, so if you haven't signed up yet, go sign up if you want to try this game out. By the end of the year, everybody who's in the Insider program will be playing the game. In a beta, right? Well, in the alpha, or in the out for the alpha, However, the whole thing is if they're going to bring everybody in by the end of the year, where that's where now in that the theory outside of that is, is that because it'll probably be going in to open beta sometime soon into the into the new year with probably looking at a March 
I, like a like a mid March release date. I wonder what the price they're going to charge for this is. Because that is something because that because everything they're everything they're doing with this seems like a free to play game. Like everything they're doing with it, a ton, it like be. alpha forever, beta forever, feels very free to play. So I, I and but that's not what they I they if you look on Amazon, there's a sixty dollar price tag on it. So yeah, I, it's not going to be free to play. It won't it won't be free to play. There, uh, it's that that's something that yeah, it, it's going to be a buy it's buy to play. But it is one of their what they call a service a service game, service being. They will constantly putting out and adapting content with, for it, and there will be abilities to where you can buy cosmetic items. Obviously, for your pirates, there will, it will be insta inside. Th- there, there's a lot of different ways that they are going to use this to be able to generate money for Rare and Microsoft. But I don't see the, how they can charge sixty dollars for it. Then I don't understand can, how the how have the, you played Call of Duty? But Call of Duty is not an open beta for or an alpha for a year and then a beta for another two months. Well, yeah. the reason well, why because because it, it has a franchise behind it, it has other releases behind it. It's this not is unprecedented. This is seriously impressive. This is more like PC than anything else. Like it, what they're doing is very PC like, not very console like. Well, yeah, but that's the, that's the thing is they wanting to change. Microsoft has been really wanting to change the difference. They because you know. Phil Spencer has even said that the days of consoles as we know it is gone because consoles are going to become more and more. That's the whole reason why they run on the same system now. When they all, everything runs on Windows 10 because the days of consoles, everything's going to be blending into where basically everything's going back to PC. They missed the boat on this $30 buy-in program where at, like the insiders buy in at 30 bucks or 40 bucks for the game and then whoever wants it after it's been t- tested to death pays the $60. Kind of like, well, originally. Kind of like ARC. Like yeah, ARC and stuff yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they could have easily done that. I mean, there would have been plenty of people that have spent 30, 30, I, 30 is probably the right price. I, 40 would have been a little bit too much, but 30 bucks would have been the right price to buy in early. So I'll, I, this is a game that I would buy, I would pay more for like the collector's edition or anything like that. When this they announced a collector's edition, this is something that if they were to announce a collector's console, I, as much as a bad experience as I had with the Call of Duty Advanced Warfare console, I would actually go for a uh, go for Sea of Thieves console, be just because. Then again, I'm also a major Sea of Thieves fan bo- sure. boy, so that's that's not a, that's nothing that's neither here or there. I mean, talk, to, but it, this game, they are the the development team. Each week, they are putting out even they're doubling up on the content that they're putting out. So if you're curious about it, you want to know about this game. Uh, those of us that are in the inside program, we can't. We're, our hands are tied for a lot of stuff. However, every week they're putting out each each week that gets closer and closer to the holiday season. They're putting out more and more stuff. Yeah, that's one more week of Sea of Thieves news. One more week closer to when it comes out, but really just waiting for it to come out. I want to play it. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I'd like to finish up with a shameless plug. I will be reviewing Mario Odyssey World War II and the Xbox One X. So, if you guys want to keep an eye on SilverSoulGaming.com, please be my guest. I am very excited to get all this content out. Nice. We'll also be uh, sharing that across onto the Uprising Facebook page. Not Uprising. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll send it there. Yeah, the the Geekologist Radio (laughs) Facebook page. (laughs) <laughs> All right. 
Now, uh, that, so we have two places where you can find some of us, all of us, uh, a couple more. You can email us at uh, podcast at geekologistradio.com, Twitter, geekologistradio, minus the T for character restrictions, uh, on the web, geekologistradio.com, and uh, the podcast uh, and our other podcast mates at ninjapancake.com. Uh, Silver Soul, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at SilverSoulX10 or at SilverGamingUSA. Nice. Damien. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damien Nash, all one word. And Chris. And you can find me at Two Wolves uh, on Twitter, Facebook, all the likes. <laughs> and you can find me, Caucasian Saint, all one word on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, talking about our games that we're playing and the games that we're excited for and systems and all that jazz. Catch us next week, and y'all have a good one. <laughs>